listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Hi, my name is Josh Gray. I get the privilege and honor of being the lead servant at this church, and uh, I'm excited to be here with you guys today. We are in our Healthy You series. We started that off last week. I told you guys where we were going to be going from now until Easter. And so last week we talked about a healthy you and that the, the best thing that you can do for your family, the best thing you can do for your kids, the best thing you can do for your church is provide the healthiest version of you possible. And so we talked about that last week and hopefully you guys were able to take some things away from that and put them in place. And you come in here today a little bit healthier version of you. And that's what God's word will do for you. That's what prayer and submission to his will will do for you. That's what community will do for you is it will help round you out and mold you and make you the best version of you that God could have for you. So I titled this sermon series or this sermon talk, the anxious you. And I've been uh, studying this idea of, of, anxiousness for a while and the sermons changed like five times I couldn't even preach it on Thursday like I was supposed to because it kept changing and so here's the version that you're getting today um, as the anxious me was having a difficult time putting this together of exactly what I'm like Lord what do you want and that's what I do when I'm back there and I'm praying and singing and worshiping I'm like all right Lord your people your word your power what do you want your people to know about anxiousness today I've uh, personally seen like a level of anxiety kind of amped up. It feels more amped up to me over the last two years than normal. And there's lots of reasons to be, to be anxious in a sense or to have like, man, what's going on? Is this, you know, this is the end times for sure. And all of these things that are going on in your head and all of the, the information that's coming at you, anxiety is... Is at a high level. Whether it's COVID or world problems or government or whatever it is, does it seem like to you guys that, that people are more anxious? Yes. It feels that way to me. It's, I've seen that uh, in the church in general and, and as we're investing in people, like there's this anxiousness. Now, uh, here's a disclaimer for the sermon series or for the sermon talk today. Anxiety, when you think about this, there's anxiety and then there's anxiety disorders. And according to uh, the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S. It affects around 40 million adults, or about 18% of our population. So there's a difference between anxiety and an anxiety disorder. And so today, uh, I, I believe this is going to work for, for a lot of different uh, areas of anxiety, but you know, 82% of us do not have an anxiety disorder. That doesn't mean we don't have anxiety. And I'll try and give you a, a, a little hint of what that looks like, what the, what's the difference. So what is causing this? First of all, anxiety is not new. It's not a new thing that we decided to label and give a bunch of other things like, do you think, we're going to read from Philippians today, when Paul is writing this letter in a Roman jail, do you think he had any anxiety? Do you think that the folks in China that would take a risk to try and meet in a group uh, that people could come through all of these different doors and be arrested and thrown in prison for the rest of their life because they're Christians, do you think they would have anxiety sitting in here today? Sure. 
I was thinking about more like what's causing this anxiety. So this morning when I got here about 5.30, 5.45, I was coming in to rep some things and, and, and line things out. And I had, I had uh, popped up, I opened my computer and Yahoo was right there. Yahoo search engine slash news. And I was like, that's interesting. What are, just, what are the headlines today in Yahoo News? Not beating up on Yahoo News if that's your news source. Here's the headlines. Bad news. First thing I saw. Bad news for people hoping to buy a home in 2022. Welcome. I was like, whew, thank goodness I don't have to buy a home in 2022. Too bad for those people. They're false. God will put you in the exact home he wants you to be in. Co-creator of Woodstock died. Second, second thing. Co-creator of Woodstock died. Man, probably not going to get a home and people are dying. Pretty calm. Natural immunity is not panning out on COVID. It's not working. Always, always something about COVID, right? Let's get a little more positive. Uh, 193 car pileup. 40,000 pounds of fireworks exploded in this 193 car pileup. Now we don't even get fireworks for 4th of July. Can when you have a house. Immunity is not working. Oh, number four. Californians' rains, the rains that are happening on California, this amazing rain and water that they dearly needed and really, really to have is not going to really fix their drought problems. So you don't have water. You don't have a house. You're going to die. I feel pretty relaxed going into this day, don't you? All of these inputs, are the inputs that you're allowing into your life, are they reducing anxiety or are they creating anxiety? Because what you're allowing coming into your brain, is it reducing anxiety or creating anxiety? It's not new. Paul had it. You can make a case that Jesus had it. You can make a case for sure that Moses had it. Like anxiety is not a new thing. Again, disclosure, there's anxiety disorders and anxiety. So here's an example of this. An anxiety versus anxiety disclo- uh, disorder. So for example, if you were going to go on your first date, think about the first date that you're going on. You're like, oh boy. My, my shirt tucked in, my zipper up. I got stuff in my nose. <laughs> How do I look here? All right, here I go. Dressed up, ready to impress. Now you're anxious because you don't know how if it's going to work out. You don't know if you're going to get rejected. You don't know what that person's going to think of you, but you have this anxiousness about this first date, probably. Unless you're Rico Suave like me. I was like, she's going to love me right away. <laughs> you lie to yourself. Yeah, so. But there's an anxi- that's, that's anxiousness. An anxiety disorder would be that somehow you got this date booked, but you don't even show up and you can't get out of your bed. You're frozen in fear of rejection and you won't even give yourself a chance to get rejected. You'll reject yourself before you even get there and you can't even get out of bed. So you have anxiety versus anxiety disorders. Today... Um, Again, that's 82% of people don't have an anxiety disorder. 
There's all kinds of anxiety stuff that we could put upon ourselves. And there's things that are increasing based on how we're intaking information and what we're doing. But 82% of us don't have an anxiety disorder. We have anxiety. Pretty normal. Today we're going to spend some time in our text with Philippians 4. And it's with Paul. So Paul is writing Philippians from jail, a Roman jail. So he has no anxiety. He's in chains, dictating this letter to a group of people that he loves. In chains, sitting in a jail, and here's what he says. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice is means defined, uh, defined uh, as feel or show of great joy and delight. Woo! Just sitting here preaching the gospel in chains in a beautiful Roman prison, probably very nice, probably similar to ours, TV and stuff, right? Rejoice, everybody. Here I am. Isn't this great? No anxiety. It says rejoice. And the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. Anxiety and worry in the text we're looking at today, Philippians 4, anxiety and worry in what you'll study in your groups this week in, uh, do, about do not worry. It's the same word. So when you think about worry and anxiety, you can almost put those together. I think that anxiety and worry, and this is hopefully the point that I want you to get out of this sermon today, anytime you're feeling anxiety or worried, that is a cue. That is a cue to you. It's okay to feel those emotions. But what do you do with that emotion when you receive this emotion of anxiety or, or worry? And what it should be is a cue to drop to your knees and inner relationship with God. And I was repenting uh, of it this morning and of last week and some things that I've said recently where I was like, oh, you just got to pray and read your Bible more. That's your answer and get in community. And I demean those things like they're some sort of a, like trying to backtrack that those aren't important. You know what? Every time I keep going through problems, those are the answers. Like those are the answers. I'm sorry, but like it's the answer. Well, don't tell me to read my Bible and pray more and be in in relationship with others. Okay, well then, bye. Because that's what it says. Again, don't get off your, if don't get off your medications, I'm not a doctor or anything, but like you can add this to whatever's going on in your life if you have anxiety. It's a cue. You're anxious, pray. You're worried, pray. And not just pray like, okay, let me get in my prayer, prayer mode. Like have a conversation about it. Like, like you have a on-call most amazing counselor that you've ever met in your life that's not even charging you nothing that you could have a relationship with. And talk to them, man. Lord, I'm worried about this sermon today on anxiety. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, you are enough. God, you're enough. You're enough. Speak what you want spoken to your people. You Maybe you already told them, Lord, Give them the tools to fight anxiety because a healthy version of you knows how to crush anxiety. A healthy version of you doesn't walk around in fear and, and just, oh my God, no. a healthy person, of, a healthy version of you can crush anxiety. 
And you have been given the tools to do it. What do little kids do? Like I'm talking little kids. What do they used to do, I guess? What do they do when they're afraid? Run to mom and dad. Good answer. Do you know that you're all, all of us are God's little children? Do you know that he's just like, come on, Josh. I'm over here. I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. I can outwork it. Lord, you stay back there. I got it. Bang my head on the wall a couple more times. Ow. Ow, that really hurt relationally. Ow, that really hurt financially. Ow, that really hurt spiritually. Daddy, daddy, daddy. He's like, I've been here the whole time, dude. My arms are open. Just me, probably. Verse 5. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But I am, Paul. Well, since you are, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Regular anxiety, 82% of us, like that's the answer. I'm having so much anxiety. Cool. It's a cue. It's, a, it's God's love language. Oh, anxiety, you. Anxiety, you. Anxiety, you. Anxiety, you. It's a cue to pray and give thanks. Talk to your father. Run mentally to your father, not to your coping mechanisms. So that's what most people do with anxiety is they have coping mechanisms. They figure out ways to cope with anxiety that may not be biblical ways or healthy ways or good clinical ways to cope with anxiety. They run to numbness of alcohol. They run to the medical miracle of marijuana. It's not a medical miracle, just in case you're curious. They run to something to take away the actual pain that's going on and they cover it up with something. And they think that that fixes anxiety. Oh, when I'm high, I'm so much less anxious. You're so much less everything. <laughs> when I'm getting drunk to run away from my problems, you know, you're just so much better. No, you're not. You're actually a jerk. Well, some of you, some of you might be fun drunks. I don't know. Fun to make fun of. But you're hiding, you're, 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 you're covering something up. And those things that just build your anxiety. Because you wake up and your problems are still there. Run to your father in prayer. Run to your father in his word. Run to your father in worship. You start to get anxious about something, you know what you could do? You could say, you're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. That's who I am. (sighs) 
It's my audition, Greg. Hope he loves it. But, you're, but you see what I mean? Maybe you, you can't find him in the text right now the way you want to. Father is looking for worshipers. He will find you. Run to your father. Verse 7. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Present your request to him. I need help, God. Dad, I'm scared. And then he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, so probably not any of my news outlets, whatever is noble, probably not any of the people I put up on pedestals, whatever is right, thank you for your word, whatever is pure, thank you for the heart of your son, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's how you don't be anxious. I love this quote. Let me get to it so I don't butcher it real quick here. Um, Anxiety and gratitude cannot share the same heart. Anxiety and gratitude cannot share the same heart. When you're feeling anxious about something, can you turn and go to Lord, I am so grateful for... Can you turn to worshiping whatever song is moving your heart right now? Can you run to your father? Throw out some just verses for you guys. Psalm 94, 19. So we know anxiety is not new. It's been around. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Think you can memorize that verse this week? When anxiety was great within me, the way you console me brings joy. Lord, I, this, is, this is such a big problem. When anxiety is great within me, your consolation brought me joy. It brings me joy, Lord. Yeah, but you don't understand. There's this big, big issue over here. Yeah, I know. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. These are bullets in your gun to crush and shoot down anxiety. There's lots of them in the text. So there's, there's all of this anxiety that's coming to attack you. But God doesn't give you a way to not defend yourself. If you choose to jump into community, if you already are in a community, awesome. I'm so excited. I get to, I've, that's like I've missed my life group. We've missed been going for a while. We get to hang out tonight. I'm so excited. But like, that's a bullet. It's community to help you decipher stuff. God gives you bullets to shoot down anxiety and anxiety is, is coming. And it hasn't left and it's still coming. But how are we equipped to deal with it? What about in community? Proverb 25. 2512, anxiety weighs down the heart. Sure does. I can't buy a house. California's out of water. 
Woodstock guy died. Herd immunity is not working allegedly. Who's going to cheer me up? But a kind word cheers it up. Hey, it's okay, it's okay Matt. Let's go, brother. You know what? The world's going to end, and we, we got a great view someday, right? It's okay. We have God's word. We have his wisdom. We have a father who cares that we can run to. Wanted to this came uh, this morning to me, not in your notes, but it is in the Bible. Good news. Um, I was thinking about anxiety, to me, the proverb, or excuse me, Romans eight thirty one. More than conquerors. What then shall we say in response to these things? Well, what things happen? What things is he talking about? Well, the things of uh, suffering and future glory. <laughs> Some things that uh, life through the Spirit goes on to say. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Well, there's lots of things against us, I know. But God's for you. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Well, cool, this is like the health and wealth. Just say it and claim it and name it and you got it. No, do you give your kids every single thing they've ever asked for? If you did, you're probably a pretty rotten parent. Because that could be enabling. Right? But you give your kids what? What you think they need. You give your kids hope, right? You give your kids encouragement. You give them discipline. You give them all those things. Well, wait a minute. I didn't know that I, I wasn't asking for any sort of discipline, Lord. I'm 46. Josh, you got some spankings coming, buddy. Because I love you. The Lord loves the, the, those, the disciplines those that he loves. He loves me. I'll tell you that. But he takes care of us. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life and is at the right hand of God and will also intercede for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Your anxiety? Is that going to separate you from the love of God? Are you not going to run back to the Father? You get to choose. You could choose to be separate if you want. But the Father's not leaving you. Your dad's right there. He's waiting to give a kiss on your little boo-boo. I'm like, yeah, but I almost blew up my family. He's like, I know. I'm going to give you a kiss that's going to help you. It's going to hurt a little bit. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or, or a sword? Any of those things have any sort of level of anxiety for you? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, he says. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height or depth, 
nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, you're more than conquerors. Your anxiety, 82% of us, can be conquered by turning to your father. And I want to also throw a caveat on this. The 18% that have like legit diagnosed anxiety disorders, their life would be better having Jesus in it. I got some counselors in the room here, like, and they can give you all of the book information. And you can have all the facts on how to deal with your anxiety disorder, but having Jesus involved in it and having a community around you that loves you and people that are doing it, like, that's going to help a little bit. Is it going to help? A lot? Okay, just checking. Finishing up here. I want you to remember that anxiety and worry are cues to pray. They're cues to turn to your father. And that needs to be trained as a first response. That's your first response to anxiety is to turn to your father in heaven. Ask him. Don't let it get dry or stale. Oh, I've asked him before. Here I come again. Failure, Josh. All worried about something. Lord, is that how you feel about your kids coming and turning to you? Or are you a, trying to be a good, good father or mom? Don't let it get old. Relationship with your creator is a key to a healthy you. And not just the time you said yes. We're going to have somebody that's going to get baptized after the second service. So cool. So excited. We're doing this a lot now. I'm using this thing a lot, right? That's good. If you're thinking about that, go see Adam or talk to one of our folks because we are hot and ready to roll here. But like the idea that you're going to be less anxious in life without a loving creator relationship with God is, 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 a, is, a, is a lie. It's a lie. You need to have that great relationship with your creator and not just a one-way relationship, but a two-way relationship. Are you listening as much as you're asking? Isaiah 40. Not in your notes again. Verse 28. Do you not know, have you not heard the Lord is an everlasting God? He was here before anxiety, just in case anybody's curious. The creator of the ends of the earth, he will not grow tired or weary of your anxiety. He will not grow tired or weary of that. You are not going to overburden the creator of the universe. Don't let that lie creep in. I'm going to go back to God again. Yeah, you are. Forever. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. How is that? Those that renew their strength in the Lord, how would you go about renewing your strength in the Lord? Relationship. Let me go back to the prayer, Bible reading, (laughs) community. Again? Yes, again. Rejoicing. Sounds like the same message, I know. Sounds like the same message for a long time. 
Anxiety and gratitude cannot share the same heart. When you become anxious, give praise for what God has done and watch your anxiety change. Try it this week. This week. Anxiousness to graciousness. Anxiousness to graciousness over and over and over. One thing that I am very grateful for that calms my anxiety is the, the fact that we get to participate and celebrate in communion every week. It's a resetting of me in my life, and I don't know how it is for you guys. So we're going to uh, pass out communion. If you don't already have it, raise your hand. But if you are a believer in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then we want you to, to partake with us. But this is where you can cast all of your anxieties to the Lord. This is a time where we go back and we look at our week and hopefully you do this more than just once in your life, not just on Sundays, but it's a good spot to reset. And I want us to enter a time of just a prayer as we, as we, before we come to the table here. Lord, I just want you to take everyone in this room and I want you to have them be able to look up to you as a father. As a father, God, who cares, who sees, who knows every hurt that's gone on in this room this week. Every ounce of, of, of worry. Every moment we've been anxious about something. And we want to come to you because you are a good, good father. And we're coming to you and we're asking you, Father, Father, help us. Help us to be the healthiest version that you want us to be. Let us cast all of our cares upon you, Lord. Let you decipher and move and change and, and, and just wick away the stuff that's, that's, that's just fluff. And let us hear you clearly. Lord, I ask you to give us a great anxiety filter that we are more aware of stuff that's coming into our life that's creating anxiety that we're allowing in. We may be allowing Satan to gain a foothold in our life by something as simple as watching a bunch of news all the time. You are not a God of doom and gloom. You are a God of creation. You are a God of love. You're a father we can turn and run to. And you provided that through what we're holding in our hands as we remember the sacrifice that you made with your son. So Lord, we want to wipe this slate clean this week. We want to walk freer. We want to walk with joy. And joy and anxiety don't hang out together. And so, Father God, we just come to you and we lay it all on the table. And we understand that his blood has covered us. And that his body, though died shortly here on this earth, rose again. And he's seated with you. So we come to honor that and to remember that you are the ultimate anxiety crusher. Your word, our relationship with you, and our relationship with each other. So that night that Jesus was uh, betrayed. He came 
he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, and this is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Know that I am there. Know that I am there when you're anxious and that you can come to him. Let's do this in remembrance of him. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink. And remember to me, for whenever you eat this bread and you uh, drink this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. You are proclaiming what he did on the cross. Let's proclaim. Father, I know we just skipped a rock across the giant ocean of all the information that's out there about anxiety and how to work with anxiety and deal with anxiety, Lord. But at the end of the day, all the books, all the volumes, all the wisdom, all the things that you've poured out into your people, into your professors and counselors and all of those things, Lord, at the end of the day, the answer turns to you. You've shared with us ways we can crush anxiety. Lord, help our focus stay upon you in our times of trial because we know we're going to have times of trial but we know that you're there with us. So Lord, I just ask for your hand upon everyone this week that they would listen to the cue to turn to you and to pray when they're feeling anxiety, when they're feeling stressed, when they're feeling those things. And I say this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.